Patrick B. David sat down with Graham Stephan and pressed him about God. I became a Christian because somebody talked to me about it. Look at you who your God is. Your God is porn. While simultaneously making his best effort to get Graham canceled. Yes, that's right. Would you rather have your kids have to learn about God or would you take God out of school and add they have to learn about what it is to be gay? I feel like there has to be a balance because you don't want to be oppressive. Graham Stephan has always had a very, very, very squeaky clean brand. And he's always communicated that he fears waking up someday and potentially losing everything. I very much operate from the fact that like every day I'm like, something's going to go wrong. Prepare for like going broke. Patrick David recently sold the majority of his insurance company for hundreds of millions of dollars and has what financial experts in 2023 call FU money. First of all, I have what you call f**k you money. So this conversation really saw two very different worlds converging in all their glory. And Patrick David is my Armenian brother. We're from the same part of the world. But I did not expect him to speak so openly and brilliantly about God, the need for religion, and specifically even eloquently answering the question of why is there evil in the world. I notice God is a topic that comes up frequently with you. What role does God have in your life? And do you think that everybody needs a relationship with God to some capacity or could some exist without a relationship with God? Everybody has a God. Okay, the fact that he answered this with first saying everybody has a God, I think is brilliant because it removes the ability to be neutral. Because a lot of times people just want to be neutral. Oh, pro-God, anti-God. I don't really know. I'm, I'm neutral. And Patrick instantly shuts that down. Says you can't be neutral. Everybody has a God. Okay, my God for from 14 years old to 25 was women. Mm. They were my God. What, what's interesting is that he instantly switches the tone from, a, hey, everybody has a God. But he first is vulnerable in sharing his own past struggles with idols, with pe- things that he put before God, specifically in this case, women. Everybody has a God. So there's no such thing as, look at these people who, who believe in God, they need God, they're weak, that's what they are. No, no, look at you who your God is. Your mm. God is porn. Come on. Your God is women. Mm. Your God is money. Your God is, everybody has, so there's no such thing as, I don't, I have a God, but you don't have a God. You right. have a God as well. I said, we have a different God. So let's set that part aside about who has a God or who doesn't have a God. Four years old, and I go to Rafi's place, and I say, so how are you doing? He says, well, Jesus has changed my life. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking he's joking with me. He says, no, I'm telling you. I said, come on, man, what are you talking about? You? Yeah. Stop it. You're pulling a prank, because we were both pranksters, big pranksters. He said, no, I'm telling you, you got to come to Bible study with me. So I go to Bible study with him Friday night in uh, Paznaz with this guy named Mano and would sit there from six o'clock in the mo- uh, at night to two o'clock in the morning. We're debating and I'm just trying to debate, 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 debate. Anyways, eventually I make a decision. I, I become baptized January, I think it's 21st of 04. And I realized I don't want to live my life alone. I'm not alone right now. I'm around you guys. When you're together, you're around each other. You're around your girl. You're not alone, right? But you're going to be alone. Who you talk to when you're alone? Mm. I want a relationship with God when I'm alone because if, if my vision is big of what I want to do in my life, for me to think I can do it by myself, that is so arrogant and it's so much pressure on an individual when things don't go your way. Sometimes you need to just say, look, man, I'm going to pray like it's up to you, but I'm going to work like it's up to me. There's a mm-hmm. man in- Pray like it all depends on God, work like it all depends on you. I believe that's Augustine. Got my church history correct. Yep, that is St. Augustine. So for me, Amen. Uh, if your vision's big, if you want to do something massive with your life, you almost need faith. But if you don't believe in a God, trust me, you have a God. You just don't know what it is yet. Sheesh. That's good. I'm curious because I've heard a lot of different answers to this, and I want to know your opinion on this. Sure. So here he gets into, by far, the most 
commonly asked questions by non-religious folks towards people of faith. But why does God allow pain and suffering and evil to exist in this world? You know, it's a good question you ask. It's a question, you know, I ask for a big part of my life mm -hmm. with the things that I saw. That's the free will part, man. Mm. It's our choice. He doesn't make us do anything. Yep. He leaves it to you and I on what we do and how we live our lives. Yep. If God was a micromanager, that would be a different story. He's not. He's like, look, here's what you've been given with. Here's the talents we're giving you. Here's the life. Go do good with it and find a way to be better to my guys, my people, my kids. And then you get to choose to make bad decisions. That's right. We have a choice to make good decisions and bad decisions. That's not going away anytime soon. It's on us. Yeah. It's not him. It's us doing it. So yeah, I think, I think people always want to indict and judge God for allowing us to be sovereign individuals in our own right, right? Just because God is provident, just because God is in control, that doesn't mean you don't have free will. And I know that's a paradox for many people, and I know Calvinists get upset about that. Uh, but that, but that's the reality of it, is that there is uh, a, a human component to all of this, and a lot of that is why the world is as jacked up as it is. Now watch watch where Patrick goes with this, because this is, this is brilliant. He goes to another... Very relatable story. Check this out. Two question. Was your father in your life growing up as a kid? He was. Yeah. Okay. How old were you the first time you got bullied? Kindergarten, preschool. People call me Graham Cracker. What stupid roast do kids have, right? Graham Cracker and Jacket. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so how often did your dad go and beat those guys up? Never. Mm. Why not? Why would he let that happen to his son? Because mm. they're minors. I never told my parents. But let me ask you another question. When you grew up, did a girl break your heart when you were 18 years old? I had my heart broken a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Did your mom go and slap her in the face and say, how dare you break no. my son? No. How, why wouldn't she do that? How dare she break her heart? Mm. Why would a mother let their son's heart be broken? What Come kind on. of a mother do you have? Come on. You know, is that a good mother? Of course it's a good mother. You have to go through it. Mm. It hurts your parents. But, but they don't come and rescue you always. Sometimes they got to let you go through the fire. Sometimes they got to let you go through the pruning process, the refining process, right? And, and, and sometimes we don't know how that looks down the road. We don't know how that can turn around or, or what that does to our character. And so in the same way, we think things are very myoptic in here and now. And that's a, a thing that many people struggle with, man, is one of the hardest parts about dealing with our present life is that the present feels so permanent. The present feels so permanent. But the reality is that when you pull out and you get a 30,000, view all the bad things that happen in my life that, that I blame God for at one point. And hindsight are amazing things that helped me develop perseverance and helped me develop character. These are the types of moments where, you know, at times we have to go through our mess. At times God's going to use somebody to come and defend you. And at times no one's going to show up. Mm. Sometimes you're going to like, you're like, I never told my parents. Sometimes, you know, if you're not praying, talking to God, he doesn't know who to send. You ain't praying. He is so spot on, man. There are certain things that I've gone through that were so painful to go through. And then years later, years later, people who... I felt like abandoned me, who felt, who I felt like hurt me, who I feel like completely disregarded me. Years later, God ultimately has the vindication, right? Years later, those people come around and acknowledge and have to apologize to me. In the midst of it, it was terrible, right? It costed me a lot, right? Now listen to how he explains prayer. It's one of the dopest explanations for prayer I think I've heard. Who to send? You ain't praying. Sometimes you just got it. The best way I started praying is the following. I just, my first prayer was like this at 18 years old. I said, God, I don't believe you exist. I think it's fake. Mm. I think it's for people that are weak. Come but on. I'm going to pray. And if you're out there, great. I'll see what happened here with the prayer. If not, I'm just going to talk to you. Mm. That's how my prayers were for three years. I prayed like that. Man, and you would have so many people right now, so many Christians, so many pastors that would say, you first got to believe X, Y, and Z. You first got to do these things. You first got to. And he's just saying, look, he started praying to God before he, he was even sure there was a God, but he just kept praying. 
And surely enough, God ends up revealing himself to him. What an unintimidating way to approach God and say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. But I'm going to continue praying. It's one of the reasons why we have this this prayer journal, right? Because if I can get people praying and and communicating to God, I, I believe God is big enough that he'll reveal himself to people. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to close and sell people on God, you know? The exercising of praying, if somebody's watching as you're doing it yourself, you don't have to tell people you're praying. Mm -hmm. Test it and see what happens. That's right. Go do it for about three, six months, see what happens. Come on. And then test it for yourself. If it doesn't happen, it is what it is. But at least take the first step to start praying to a God you don't believe exists and see if he responds. 118 in the podcast. Okay, this is when it starts really heating up. Now, remember, Patrick's a Christian. He's not the most outspoken Christian, though when I had a conversation with him, he was fairly outspoken about his faith, uh, and I've known he's a Christian for a while. So to, to hear him become more bold is, is very, very, very refreshing. Okay, but listen to how he phrased this, uh, phrases this conversation with, with Graham. Where do you think America went wrong? Because it seems— So the question, Graham, is where do you think America went wrong? Seems like, because uh, it seems like, from my perspective, that there are much bigger issues at hand that people just don't care about. Yeah. They just ignore. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So, so let's just say you got two kids. And your kids are going to come and hang out with my kids in my house. They're seven, eight years old. Do you want to know who your kids' friends' parents are? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. What do you want to know about them? What do they do for work? Okay. What else do you want to know? Where do they live? Okay. Um, Maybe what what they're teaching their kids. Okay. So let me me give you which one of them gives you a red flag. Okay. Um, Yeah, babe, it's a good family. The mother is a a teacher at a Christian private school uh, in the community. And the dad is a real estate guy whose father was a senior pastor at XYZ. That's one family. Let me give you the next one. Yeah, it's, uh, they, they're, they're raised by their father. It's, it's a, interesting. It's a single father that's raising the kids. I think he runs a nightclub, one of the biggest nightclubs in Miami. It's what he runs. <laughs> yeah, so that's what he does. Okay, I'll give you another situation. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the mother, one of the girls told me that the mother, you know, sometimes smokes weed, you know, uh, in the backyard and they've smoked <laughs> weed in the house before. But which one of those three families... Do you say, I'm a little bit concerned about the kids being there without me being there? And which one of them are you like, okay, cool, let them be there? Probably the weed one I'd be concerned about. Okay. Uh, the first one I'd feel more comfortable. Okay, with. why though? I feel like they're probably more structured, more disciplined, um, and would teach values that I think would be conducive to raising someone who's... Wonderful, yeah. and I agree. Okay. This man, Patrick, is using the Socratic method, man. It's so brilliant. So watch this. Well, you're playing odds. Yes. Are you converting to believe in Jesus because those guys are, you know, no. Yeah. But you're playing odds to see which one you're going to feel your kids being safer. Is it 100%? No. But you're playing the odds game, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. We went wrong the day we took God out, out of school. We went wrong when it's like, hey, let's wake up. I'm gonna, Heavenly Father, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Please give us the, you know, no, no, no. Thank you for the nourishment. And today, uh, allow me to stay focused, to study and learn and get better with the teachers. Okay. There was nothing wrong with that. But taking God out of school was a big mess. So I think Patrick is getting to this idea that intrinsically, a guy like Graham knows that the folks who are Christian, you you would naturally want your kids to be around, not around a single dad, not around a single mom. And and though there are circumstances and situations where those things happen, but right, but you you would want your kids to hang out with other kids that come from a Christian home. And so he's driving this and connecting this point, uh, I think, in a way that really makes it come alive and and, and makes it relevant. This is where this is where it starts intensifying, okay? So watch this. Not because the fear was, well, I don't want my kid to be a Jesus-loving person. That's not it. There is a, the fear of God plays a very big role. Even though I didn't believe in God, I was afraid of God. Because mm. my mother would say the one line, hey, listen, you can lie to me. You can get away with me not finding out what you're doing. But trust me, everything you do wrong, God is watching you. Ain't that interesting to say he didn't believe in God, but he was afraid of God? She probably said that to me a couple thousand times. So every time I was about to do something wrong, my mom's not going to find out, but God is watching, right? The fear of God prevented me from doing a lot of bad things. A lot of mm-hmm. kids are the same way as well. Now, if we're playing the odds game, taking God out, massive problem. 
massive. So think about this. You don't believe in God. You believe in God, but you don't have a God where it's like you don't Jesus or Christianity or any of that stuff, right? Okay. So if you have to choose which of the two things to put in school, and you have to have one of them, which one will it be? You ready for this technical question? Yeah. Would you rather have your kids have to learn about God and pray every morning and to pledge allegiance to the flag, but they don't get LGBTQ learning, you know, all the different sexes and all that stuff? Or would you take God out of school and add they have to learn about what it is to be gay, lesbian, mm. bisexual, queer, trans, and they have to know at an early age because it's part of us being free mm. and not being discriminatory. Which of those two would you want your kids to learn about? And you have to give up the other one. The, the hilarious part about this question is that this is exactly what happened in many public schools, right? That's, that's, that's literally what happened. So Pat's asking him a question with the answer in mind because he knows that this is actually how it fleshed out and this is actually what, ha- what actually happened. And it's, and it's happening. I feel like there has to be a balance because you don't want to be oppressive or let's say your 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 kid is gay you don't want yeah. them to feel like they can't be accepted and they can't be themselves but at the same time there's got to be some sort of you got to pick one of them come on Grant. i don't know this country already picked one that's the big want one that's why that's why uh private school is on the rise that's why charter schools are on the rise that's why co-ops are on the rise right all these things because because folk uh, they already picked man i, okay. I don't so I, that's yeah. a problem but well, that's a problem yeah and, and the reason why that's a problem is the following thing hey, hey i love i love he's flat out something that's a problem um are you gay? <laughs> Yo, that question in isolation is this. This is probably one of the funniest things that Patrick Dave has ever asked somebody in an interview. What? <laughs> Me? No. no. <laughs> what do I? What do I need to do? <laughs> I'm glad that you know Graham and those guys don't don't take themselves too seriously. And the zoom in when when he like nodded, like they they added that. By the way, that's in there added. Watch this. Are you gay? Me? No. no. <laughs> what do I? What do I need to do no. to convert? Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. What do I need to do to convert you into being gay? I don't think you you can. You don't think I could convert you to being gay? Uh, who converted you into getting a real estate license? I did. Who influenced you though? Mm. How did you learn about real estate? Mm. Saw a TV commercial for a million dollar listing. Ooh, Perfect. So got it. media influenced you. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. Sure, please. So stats came out that shows which generation mm-hmm. is the gayest generation of all. <laughs> That's part of the LGBTQ community. Do you think you care more about what I think at this age or when you were 14 years old? Definitely 14. No problem. Me too, right? So do you think it's easier to convert you in a way of thinking at 14 or 33? 14. Of course, right? right? Okay. I became a Christian because somebody talked to me about it. Mm. I got into insurance because somebody influenced me to get into Mm -hmm. insurance, okay? Mm -hmm. I got into bodybuilding because I was influenced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I went to Santa Monica Community College because I was influenced because that's where Arnold went. Influenced. Somebody influenced you, right? right? Mm -hmm. Four generations, five generations. Traditionalist, you got the boomers, millennials, Gen X, and you got Gen Z. You ready? Traditionalist, 0.8% of our gay. Boomers, 2.6%. Then you go to 5%. Then you go to 10%. You know what percentage of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ? 21%. Mm. That's doubled since millennials. My, my generation, 10%. Now it's uh, more than doubled. 21%. 21%. So who do you think cares less about what you and I think? Traditionalists or Gen Zs? Traditionalists. You think if you and I are separate... Older people don't give a crap what you think about them. We just had a family discussion with my mother-in-law because she dropped a D word in front of my kids. And she had this whole rationalization about how the D word wasn't a cuss word because it was in the Bible. She sounded like a Christian rapper. I'm not exaggerating. It was hilarious. And she kept trying to double down. We're like, okay, like it's not as bad as the F word, but but you still shouldn't say it. All right. It's still bad. Right. Like, listen, all folks don't give a crap what you think. But if 21% <laughs> of Gen Z is gay, 
They're being influenced just like you were influenced to be a realtor, just like I was influenced mm -hmm. to go into SMC. Influence. That's a problem. Mm. So the fact that you, a very smart guy, a super successful guy at your age, yep. cannot tell the two apart, Woo! that means you're, you're not really putting a lot of thought into what's going to influence who. Don't you think that some of that, though, is a bit of that overall people are on somewhere on a spectrum? And if you're, let's say, a 2 out of 10 or a 3 out of 10, that maybe you're more open about that, whereas in other generations you weren't. And perhaps it's somewhere in the middle. No, I think LGBTQ is a religion. Wow. That's it. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that everyone who deals with same-sex attraction, he's saying the leftist ideology around Transformers is just as much, if not more so, a religion with its own dogmas and its own heresies and its own way of getting excommunicated as Christianity. So outside all of the tension and the good conversation, the part I found extremely fascinating about this conversation is PBD driving home the point that everybody has a God. And he ties that in with how he would pray to God before he even believed in God. It's so counterintuitive, but it made a lot of sense at the same time. And so if you are looking to grow in your prayer time, check out our brand new prayer journals with prompts that I personally created to help me be more consistent in my prayer time. You can pick yours up at blessgodprayer.shop. Or if you want to see the time I interviewed PBD, we'll have that pinned up over here. All right, I'll see you over there. Peace.